Hey guys, welcome back to the Detour Live. Thanks for joining us and thanks again for all your likes, shares and subscriptions to the YouTube channel forward slash the Detour Podcast. It does make a difference, so keep subscribing. Uh, we've got a great show ahead of us. Joined as always by four-time National Road Chairman Johnny Trevorrow and Neil the Sheriff Stevens live en route to the start of Stage 14. Uh, I'll start with you, Steve-O. How are you travelling, mate? I hear you've had a theft. Yeah, yeah, it depends who you talk to. I, I, I thought it was grand larceny, but bloody uh, the insurance company reckons it's petty theft. I reckon anything over a couple of grand is a bit of, uh, pretty heavy anyway. Bloody, uh, knock me around. So you had your trolley bag nicked, mate. Oh, your, your laptop and your bloody charges. There's a brave man to, yeah. to rob the sheriff. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I seem to be pretty dull in that sort of uh, that sort of area. Everyone thinks I'm pretty pretty switched on, but geez, it didn't take much to fool me. I um, went to the uh, team bus, left my trolley bag at the foot of the stairs, jumped on to have a look, have a, bit of a chat to the bus driver. And what this uh, bit of a ganger was, apparently, they uh, they drew your attention over one side, you know, saying, hey, come over here, come over there. And we're looking out the window this way. Meanwhile, someone's nicked the trolley bag the other way and pissed off in a car and bloody some of my staff running after them and all sorts of things going on. So I'm actually lucky that no one pulled a knife. And so... Um, Anyway, but it is the way it is. Oh, so you, you didn't you didn't get them. You haven't got it back. No, no, no. So by the time this uh, this woman uh, had to go after her, and then she went through the buddy hotel and that sort of stuff. By the time the cops turned up, they said, "Look, we know who it is. We know the number plate. We know everything about it." But anyway, the the, the main thing was is my computer's gone, my tablet's gone, my credit cards. I didn't have much cash on me. But um, yeah, that's a bit of a pain in the ass. I had to go back and get a get one of my mates to lend us his credit card. Well, I don't have to shout a beer, so that's a good thing. I got no cash, so uh, I'm bloody living, living on free, free to cheap life at the moment. But other than that, all good, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going good. Hanging out with my little uh, redhead uh, mate, uh, Jack. He's going all right. Yeah. And the Jets. Mm, he's going all right. He's going all right. Fellow Gino. The, um, the team's going well. Uh, Mickey Land is struggling a little bit, but uh, anyway, we'll see what happens. And we've got a couple of really good stages today and tomorrow, but in big stages in the mountains. Well, just on the stage, have I downloaded the right, right profile there, Riffy? Yeah, that's it, that, that, yeah, that's it. Yeah. This looks yeah. like a, a bit of a monster. You know, you've got uh, Cat 3, Cat 1, and that monster climb at the end there. What, what are you thinking in terms of tactics for today? I reckon, don't let two the, the cat out of the bag, but that little, uh, see that little cat three and then goes on to a, a steep little pinch of the cat one, that's actually uh, goes up to about 20%. It's in the middle of the stage, so theoretically it shouldn't uh, threaten, the, put a big threat in the uh, in the GC, but I reckon there's going to be a bit of a um, something happening in that middle section that might lead on to uh, some fireworks later on. Well, the way well, Roglic is descending, this could be real spicy. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, for, it needs something needs to happen. I mean, you, you guys are really strong. You, you've got uh, 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 a few options uh, in the attack department. Same with uh, um, with, with um, the, the Poms, with, with the Sky. Brain uh, fart. Um, yeah, brain fart. <laughs> Get old. <laughs> In, in uh, else. Oh, yeah, that's them. That's them. Yeah, that's them. <laughs> um, but I, I think 
yeah, the 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 you know, Ma- Mass uh, and Lopez, of course, uh, with with movie star, a, a double-edged sword. You would think this would be the start of something other than just people going hard at the front. There has to be something, some new tactics uh, started worked on. What do you think? Bloody hell. If you're trying to gene me up here, I don't know. I was, uh, I've been trying to calm myself down and you're wrapping me up. I don't know. I, I think I might have to go have a, a, a cup of tea and just settle down a bit. Now, anyway. no, I don't know. I reckon you're right. It's uh, where The team's going good. Uh, sometimes you've got a risk to succeed. And um, I don't know whether the, today's the day or maybe even tomorrow. But, yeah, like I say, you know, we, we never know what's going to happen on the race day. But I reckon that we're – yeah, with two guys that are going pretty good, Gino and uh, and and Jack, the, the the team itself's going pretty solid. We've uh, been sort of saying on the flat stages, Jesus, we hope we're going to do something in the hills. So maybe today's the day. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll we'll have a chat another day and work out what happened. Hang on, Neil. <laughs> I, I've worked you out, mate. I know how you're going to play this stage. You're going to send a bloke in the break up the road. And then he's going to wait at the top of that cat one there. And then there hopefully isn't a bus up in the radio so you don't have to scream, scream at the... Uh... Did he stop? <laughs> Did he bloody stop? <laughs> and then he'll just motorboat it down the descent and uh, you'll pull about, you know, two or three minutes and then suddenly old, your ginger mate, he's going to be in the top three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that'd be bloody lovely, mate. And um, it'd be nice to have you in the car to share that moment with me. But the thing is, is that uh, after that big steep little pinch, there's a lot of lumpy stuff in the middle there, after where that green little dot is and that sort of stuff. And that's the mm, bit of the tricky section. So, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I'm not, not too sure. That's, um, that's the part of the equation I'm not really sure about. But anyway, we'll work it out. No, let's throw the book at it. Well, you know, I'm excited. Yeah. It's been a really interesting um, Vuelta. The, the GC battle has been pretty subdued, but the, the stage fin- uh, finishes, the breakaways have been sensational. Magnus Court been amazing, young Michael Storer. But we are about to see that this last nine days is super, super hard. You've got two days in a row now, and then later on another two days. I mean, it's a monster, monster finish. Yeah, bloody oath. It's um, two days now down with, we're uh, sort of over near Portugal, uh, the, the western side of Madrid at the moment, going up into the mountains in Madrid. But then when we go into next week up around the north of Spain, some fantastic uh, countryside, uh, some fantastic racing. It's epic stages, you know, the Lagos de Cabadonga and, and those sort of areas. And, um, yeah, we have got some fantastic stages coming up and I reckon it's gonna, the race is going to be even even better. But as you just a quick mention on um, – when you say Magnus, yeah, Stora's going great. That's really good for the Aussies, but also Magnus Court, an old Green Edge boy. And um, the last stage he won out, won was actually thanks to uh, another Green Edge boy, Jens Kukler, a fantastic lead out. So we've got uh, oh, what are they called? Fires in the iron. Uh, <laughs> well, we we, we spoke to we spoke to to Jens and uh, Maggie on their bus yesterday. Uh, 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 on their way uh, to yesterday's start, which was sensational. They were reveling in I must say I was really happy with their lead-out, but I was a bit pissed off because Bling didn't get his win up because the boys, they bloody put their balls on the line and they, they really had a go. Bling's knocking on the door in lots of different areas. He's not quite getting it. And, and, and sometimes that creates a bit of anxiety and, 
and then it sort of blocks you from winning even more. But but it, you never know. One day he's got a it's got a breakthrough with him, and he's got a he's a class bike rider. He's doing a good job, and he's trying his best. But uh, I think we're all hoping and wishing that he gets gets that win that they so much uh, deserve. Well, yeah, Jens did send through a photo, Iffy, uh, and he said, you know, he said Magnus was tired. He wasn't lying. That was on the bus. <laughs> Maggie was absolutely fried. And uh, it's good. Like, it is funny, Neil, isn't it, when, you know, there were so many years there when we were with Green Edge and you win a couple of stages early. What that does for the rest of the group in the team when you can crack those wins and the morale's up makes a huge difference. Yeah, well, I think we're only talking about. That. I was actually caught up with JD yesterday at the start uh, of the stage, and we were talking about the, it's the, there's a when you, you go out, you try to give it a go because you want to win a stage. That's one thing, but when you need to or you have to win a stage, that really sometimes blocks you up and you, and you make mistakes. You know, like who knows? The other day, uh, like I said, the, the boys from Bike Exchange did a great job, but they even. They even they threw the, the everything at it. They went out with uh, Luca Mezjek and they really rode the depth, the breakdown, and the finish. Unfortunately, the result of that was that uh, Bling was by himself in the finish. And so, sometimes if you you're right, if you get a win uh, up, like I know in our camp we've got a we've got a great team. We had a fantastic win with Caruso the other day. But second, go out and try a bit of something out of the box and uh, and give it a bit of a go. And if you win, you win. If you don't, well, yeah, it's okay because you've already got something in the bag. We've had a couple of comments. Obviously, Wendy Superfan, hi, guys. Uh, Rhonda Gwytha says, great to see the sheriff again. Samantha says, sorry to hear this, sheriff. A day for Jack, hopefully. Uh, and Rhonda says, really love how Jack Haig is going. And, and Dale says, Neil, where's Froomey? <laughs> Bloody hell. There you go. Dan actually sent me a, a quick clip the other, the other day. I didn't actually get to see it until this morning. And uh, it, it bloody years have gone by, and I've seen it lots of times, but I still had tears roll out my eyes. And it's just a, a simple <laughs> comment from uh, Mike Turner, uh, another legend. But, but uh, simple comment, a couple of laughs in the in the team car, just bloody unbelievable. You, you can't repeat that sort of stuff. Mate, they they are the moments in the days that I really miss because like Fruby, just... <laughs> like, wasn't laughing. He didn't what, get it. Got no yeah. idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, the that, other that, big positive. That's the, only, that's the only time in a team car I've actually physically had to pull up and just clear my thoughts and get back on with the job again. <laughs> what, what about that day at Tour of Turkey when you, you needed a, a urine break and you, you stopped on that bridge? <laughs> yeah, you, you had four police with their gun drawn. So it, wasn't, it wasn't just a bridge. That was the bridge between Asia and um, and what was it? Uh, Europe. The Middle Europe. East. Europe, yeah. yeah. But the, uh, it was the bridge. It was like doing a, doing a, having a leak on the Sydney Harbour Bridge, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was fantastic. But uh, the, the big positives, Neil, before we let you go, is the fact that you're moving up north. There's less criminal gangs. So you can leave your yeah. mate's credit card lying around, mate. You'll be fine. <laughs> oh, I'll be right. I've got my new computer. I've got a bit of a bit of a dent in the our bank account, but anyway, it's it's all all good now. Do we do we need to set up some sort of GoFundMe account just to get near <laughs> to the to Madrid? Ah <laughs> uh, no, I just uh, it's actually good, buddy. I've learned my little lesson. I'm uh, here to tell the story, so we'll we'll be right. Yeah. Now I was going to say, just give us a little insight into how Jack is going. I know today's the first 
big challenge for a few days. Um, and we all are hoping he can get on the podium, and we believe he can. But how is he feeling in himself? How is he looking, his numbers? Uh, Jesus, Jesus if you, you want me to give you the tactics, you want me to tell you how our leaders go, bloody hell. As long as we just keep it in this little circle here, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Jack's, going bloody, Jack's going bloody good. He had a, um, oh, the day in the quarter, of the, oh, actually the day the Magnus won, it was really hot. Uh, I think everyone uh, really suffered with the heat. It was really hard to give them bottles, that sort of stuff, to keep uh, their fluids up. But uh, yesterday he had another good day. Uh, he's going really solid. He, um, you know, he started the, the start of the race actually working for Lander, so he spent a bit of energy there. But he's recovered with that, and uh, and he's gone. He's really cool. He's uh, unfazed by things. He's just taking things day by day. He's sort of caught with the, like the meat and the sandwich between the two Enios guys and the two uh, Movistar guys. But um, he's just taking it as it comes. And physically, he's going good. Mentally, he's pretty cool. And uh, just waiting to see what how it pans out. Is one of the best things about the sport when you see the progression of these guys. Like you were there in the early days when he's a green edge, but to see the development and to see the rider he's becoming now. Yeah. Well, the be- the best thing about that is when uh, these young fellas and they progress, and uh, but then they, their their person their personality doesn't change, you know. And Jack, sometimes you talk to him and you and you f- you feel like he's just that that young fellow that went from the mountain bikes to the under twenty three program to over to green edge. But um, he's just the same young fella. But uh, actually, you just have to sit back and think, actually, you're, he's a bit of a superstar over here. And uh, he's actually leading, leading the team. But um, that, that's actually the beauty of the, the sport and the beauty of the, the people that we've worked with in Green Edge in, in their day. And uh, it's great to see him blossom and go ahead in, this, in the way he's going now. Great stuff, mate. Well, we wish you all the best today. We'll be uh, cheering you on and uh, hoping that it's a good result for you boys. Okay, thanks, fellas. Catch up another day. Good See you, Neil. Neil. Thanks, bud. Thanks, mate. Neil, the Sheriff Stevens, what an absolute legend. If he, uh, we've got a massive show because we've still got plenty to come. We're going to be chatting with uh, Dave McKenzie, who's obviously doing some great work with Matt Keenan uh, on the SBS commentary and obviously former pro, Giro stage winner. But we're also going to be chatting with our next guest, and that is Vaughn McBilly, who's a regular to the detour now. Uh, how, how are you traveling, Vaughn? Well, I, I won't lie, I'm a little dusty today. It was uh, I did get a year older uh, yesterday, so uh, I may have had a couple of shandies. <laughs> so I uh, woke up a little dusty this morning, but uh, no, feeling very, very good. Uh, yeah, so uh, having, having a good time. How are you boys? Yeah, pretty good, mate. No well, complaints. Well, mate. Well, well. Yeah. Um, one thing we're going to ask Macca later on, and he was talking about on his SBS uh, Cycling Central podcast, is after the finish, Ify, there was a bit of a brouhaha with uh, Senecal and uh, Philipson. Mm. So what, what what was all that about, Johnny? Did you hear anything? Well, <laughs> there was a dispute whether he punctured out mechanical, but he said straight out, I was uh, I was nailed, uh, and I told them to just go. I, I, I'm gone. Go go without me. I, I just he uh, was stuffed. So I don't know. I didn't know about this because um, I just think they were probably just talking about the lack of communication or whatever. Maybe he didn't hear him, but I, I'd be surprised that there was a, actually a bruha if people. Sorry, I, call, I called him Phillips, and I meant to say Jacobson. There's so many yeah. sons in the bloody peloton. It's getting me <laughs> Philip. He is Philip. Philippo. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting uh, one though because Fabio, Fabio. I watched. Mate. I rewatched it last night. After I saw that uh, image, I went and rewatched the um, where he uh, where Jakobsen said no more, and he sort of looked like he bounces on the front wheels, if to say, is my front tire going down? But he's also, if you look probably for the for for, for the five or six seconds before that, he's looking down at his numbers. <laughs> Uh, on his computer, um, and because they were hooting, holy shit, were they flying? And it was still a long way to go. And I actually reckon he was like, "I'm on the, I'm on the limit here, and I can't." You guys are going. He said that. Hard. He actually, he actually said exactly that in the yeah, right. right. When I spoke to it, he said exactly that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, he, he didn't, he didn't puncture. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, what he said that they were going to be riding for Luca Mezgets. A uh, couple of days out. Um, what do you think of his ride? If he bit stiff, well, he, the, no, he, 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 why did, why, you're putting words in his mouth. Why did he never said that? You suggested that. He said we might, we might look at it. Is what? Why well, uh, join the dots, Iffy. And no, they didn't. I can tell you now. Mazgets was taking uh, Matthews again. As a matter of fact, just before the, the last thing, last fire up of Mazgets, he looked to see if he's there, and he goes, oh, "She's not there." He blew off the wheel. He was mm. leading Matthews out, but, but he, he lost got lost in the split. Like a lot of people, it was a very very tough finish. I, I don't oh. I don't think I've seen a sprint finish that's fragmented like mm. that in the last couple of k. Yeah, mm. well, like the top obviously all the GC riders were in the top twenty five. Mm. So that says something, right? Like it was absolute pandemonium. For but when, last I, when I was tenth in the sprint, yeah. the sprint yeah. finish, <laughs> the sprint finish. <laughs> yeah, they were flying. I, th- um, I think you made some good points if you when you're talking to Neil about like other teams are gonna have to try something. Like they're gonna have they're gonna have to do something on a stage like that. Well today. they just ride like Ineos have been doing, the team I couldn't think of before. <laughs> they're almost working like a team uh, for Jumbo Visma. I mean, you can't just keep putting pressure on. He handles that. They've got to start mixing things up, putting people up the road and, and making jumbo chase and get him isolated. Especially uh, uh, with Movistar, they've got uh, two yeah, well, really, second and third. I mean, whether they're fourth or fifth, whatever they are at the moment, that'll all change after today. You know, the the uh, the guys who are leading at the moment, Odd and um, and Gilliam Martin, they, yeah. they will yeah. they, they'll slip back into their uh, into the ruck a bit after tonight's st- today's stage. And then, and, but it, it's a time for for Lopez and and Mars and, and also Jack Hay, these blokes to to do something and. The uh, same with Bernal and uh, and Yatesy. Mm. Hey, they're going to going to start doing something. It's mm. a cracking stage too, if because that that I've heard Neil say that too. Like that second climb, uh, it is a steep, nasty sob. Like it averages fourteen percent. It's got like little ramps of twenty uh, percent, uh, and then as you can see on that profile, she is a pretty nasty little uh, descent down the other side. So. Um, it's a long way to, from the finish line, of course, but like they could definitely fire it up, I reckon. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be yeah, I'm looking forward to it, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. How are we going with the kit designs, Vaughan? Um, We've been pushing this pretty hard. Uh, the yeah. website, of course, is apexcustomaus.com. And your chance to design a kit for the Detour Delegate. 
How's it all yeah, been mate, going? Yeah, mate, it's been great. We're getting a few more uh, have come through. I've got uh, just pinged a few more uh, designs. Uh, we've got uh, um, uh, a little brother and sister have uh, got the textures out and uh, did some sketches, and uh, so we've got that across to my design team uh, at the moment. So um, it's it's actually really been really quite fun because we've had people send you know proper design files in and. Pretty much where we just give a few little final touches, um, and we've got other people who are actually doing, um, you know, full um, um, uh, like textures and just getting out their their pencils and all that sort of stuff. And then obviously we send her over to uh, my little design team because uh, we're all in lockdown and we're not in the same office. And uh, the guys of uh, yeah, my design team have been fantastic; they're having a great time with it as well. Well, one oh, kit that we did yeah. like, Ify, but it was a little bit too dark. It was this pink. Uh, variety because it's very on brand, but obviously we want it to be uh, bright. And and Vaughn, you've tweaked the pockets. on the pockets there, Ify. What do you yeah. what do you think? <laughs> well, that's your favourite. I know that you you uh, you've been to it. It's got the Amy Gillick uh, uh, pink, which is important. Their, their colour. Um, yeah, it, it's 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 good. I like there was there was one with the spider. Webs, well, that's the one. That's I like that one. It was that stood out. Um, mm. that great, but, and then uh, there was yeah. this one that was just full M and M's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone's having a bit, a bit of a field day with that one. Mm. Thirteen yeah. hours to go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got some comments. Lisa says I saw a video of the chat between Jakobsen and Senecal. Fabio definitely wasn't happy. Basically told Senecal he wasn't uh, a lead out if he didn't look back for his sprinter. I reckon, like, if, if he wins the stage, just get over it. And if you are going to have those chats, just hold it into the, the bus. Oh, you reckon if he... Oh, I didn't... Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, hey, if you no, if you can't hold the wheel, you can't hold the wheel. It was extreme pressure. As I said, I haven't seen them falling apart like that. Michael Matthews couldn't hold the wheel either. So a lot of good, strong bike riders couldn't. So Fabio should just go, should, should, should just accept that. That's pretty, pretty piss poor, actually. Mm. Well, you're yeah. born. Yeah, I mean, he is in the green hang jersey, around, right? Yeah. yeah, sorry. The wolf pack's starting to, they're starting yeah. to eat their own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's going for the green jersey though, right? So he got he he got the yeah. intermediate sprint earlier on in the day, and then the team worked all day, and so you don't want to be giving up any points, um, uh, even though it looks like he's got that in the bag to, for me. But um, you know, you don't want to be giving up any points. So at the end of the day, he didn't get a single point uh, last night. So um, and he's not going to get any points tonight. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, he he probably could be a bit pissed off, but you're right, he just couldn't hold the wheel. Um, but it was his team that were on the front, like doing most of that damage. So, yeah, maybe uh, hmm, it's an interesting one. It's a really interesting one now that we know that it was a little bit of a, a stoush. Mm. Yeah, but Senator Chow was was like not setting the pace. He was a couple of wheels back. He was doing the right thing. He just got him. Yeah. But what had happened? Trenton had got onto his wheel, and um, and Fabio was on Trenton's wheel. So. Yeah. But I don't know what he want him to do. It's up to him just to go past and get onto the wheel. Yeah, got me anyway. Whatever. I agree. I, agree. I would have been. I would have been the worst lead out guy because I'd just be attacking them all the time, mate. You know what you got to do? Sit on the worst. Your bloody fault. <laughs> Piss off. <laughs> That's why I would have been. Uh, I would have been. Yeah. 
I'm, I, I was uh, the show last night, boys, was absolutely fantastic. By the way, uh, loved it. Um, but how good was uh, that lead out by EF for two nights oh, ago? Yeah. Like, wow, that was yeah. a ripper. Yeah. I was like, I felt sorry for Blink because realistically he was probably the fastest there, but they just hit him right at the right time and. Yeah, they came past him like a freight train, didn't they? He, he, he hesitated for one split second, which cost him. Yeah. Yep. He, he needed to be aware of what's coming up uh, yep. and just move a fraction quicker and get straight on to uh, uh, Ollie's wheel and he would have been uh, not Ollie, and he would yep. have been okay. But you know, he's waited that split second and then he, he hope Magnus could do But Magnus has done too much already and he was cooked. So yep. he had to then, you know, by then it was, but he showed he still had some stuff because he, he actually closed the gap and finished on the wheel. So he yeah. actually had enough to do that, but he, uh, that, that yeah. just took, took too much out of him. Anyway. Yeah. Andy, we do have uh, oh, we'll just Andy. He says, great show tonight. Always good to hear from the Sheriff. Jay says he's having an easy day today and going all in for tomorrow's stage. Ooh, good go. stuff. Mm. Um, very was... impressed. Very impressed with Jay. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it was funny how we talked it. Yeah, we talked about that the other night, and we said it would be good to see him take a few more risks and have a bit of a crack. And then next thing, kaboom! Uh, he's yeah. out there uh, having a good old crack. That was fantastic. Pretty sure that yep. he must have been listening to you, Iffy. <laughs> Don't pop his eyes up. Just go easy on that stuff. Uh, I, uh, um, I did. I just quick work there, thought I'd show you this one quickly. We did have a, a little girl in the street. She did this one for us. Oh, nice. There you go. Yeah, that's oh, good. That. I, I like that. That, that's, that's that is very good. So I'll, yeah. so I'll flick that over to the designers and get them to uh, see if they can't right. turn that into into something and you can have a look. Mate, fantastic. Yeah. I can't wait till we finally pick a winner and then, mm. uh, yeah. yeah, get this Chicken kit dinner. out there and get it circulated. Hey, it's that time of the show, lads. We'll have a quick drinks break. Uh, and then we, when we get back on the other side, we're going to have Dave McKenzie join us as well to unpack uh, everything that's been happening at the Vuelta. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. 374 people are looking at. This guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here, there, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs, semi-amateurs, and pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank and these bars. This could be the perfect match, but not this one. This girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns and rides. Life is like a two-way street. It's about consideration and mutual respect. Roads are much the same. However you get around, walk, ride or drive, if we share our roads, we can all be safer. The Amy Gillett Foundation is Australia's peak cycling safety charity. Our mission is for safe cycling in Australia. Our vision is for zero cyclist deaths. Over the last year, we've seen an enormous increase in people taking up cycling, whether it be for recreation, with the family, 
commuting or even to start your own cycling career. We need to do more to make it safer for every cyclist. 20 cyclists every day are hospitalised and one cyclist is killed every 10 days on Australian roads. So, the next time you jump on your bike or hop in your car, remember to practice the four C's. Be courteous, calm, considerate and conscientious. Every cyclist's death is preventable and we all deserve to get home safely. Please donate to help the Amy Gillett Foundation make the road safer for you and for me. Great stuff. Thanks again, Bike Exchange, and those messages there from the Amy Gillett Foundation. Now, as we said, we're going to be joined live by former pro and SBS commentator and the Zwift Cycling Central podcast host. Uh, that, of course, is Dave McKenzie, who joins us now. Mago, welcome back to the detour, mate. Hi guys, I am uh, good to be here. Good to see you all. Um, hey now, Jonesy, uh, mate, yes. big apologies. You, you, I said I'd join you a few days ago, and uh, mate, you know, you know when you do those, you've got to do those one minute pieces to camera. Mate, yeah. I haven't learned. I haven't improved much because <laughs> the one minute turned into about an hour, and uh, I, yeah. as you know, I had to bail on you. So good to nah, finally mate, be fine. here. That's fine, mate, and we're always uh, willing to wait for good talent here on the detour. Um, how, how has the Tour of Spain been for you so far? You've obviously been doing some great work with Matty Keenan on the commentary. Yeah, cheers. No, it's been, look, I think as we all know, it's, you can argue that it's the best Grand Tour of the year. You know, we, we sort of always say the Giro is brilliant, the Tour is the Tour. But Keno said to me the other night, he said, gee, imagine if the Vuelta was the hype of the Tour. It was the biggest Grand Tour everyone would be jumping up and down about the stages that we've had. But because it's the Vuelta and it doesn't have the, you know, the publicity that the Tour de France gets or the Giro to a, to a lesser extent, um, you know, you, you don't, not everyone hears about it, but it's been brilliant, I think. The racing's been exceptional. Last night was the only, if we can say, quasi-boring stage until the last three kilometres. Mm. Well, they do call it the Tour de France with a hangover, the old Vuelta. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Maga, you did right. It got a bit interesting in the middle sections when the, everyone thought the wind was going to do more, I think, but it split. And, and for one stage there, there were some good bike riders who did look like they were going to get back on, but suddenly the Movistar guys went at the front, started handing bins out and they eased the pace up, which is a strange way of doing it. But um, I was going to say the finale... That is as strenuous a finale as I've seen in that the speed was just so high. I don't think I've seen a, a bunch fragment as much as that in the final couple of Ks. No, no, you're right. And I'm sure you guys have listened to some of the post-stage interviews, but I've got a question for all of you. Uh, did you see the interaction between Jakobsen and Seneschal post-stage? It's funny you mention that because we saw the promo. We saw the promo for SBS Cycling Central podcast, and I thought, "Geez, hang on, what, what are they talking about here?" And that's we're just talking great. about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what actually what happened? Well, for, the audio was hard. It was hard to pick up every single word. But you can see Senesal shrugging the so shoulders, saying, "Well, mate, if you went on the wheel, you went on the wheel." Um, mm. Jakobsen said, "Well done, but now as soon as you say but." And it wasn't – he wasn't gracious, Jakobsen. No. You know, we, no. we, we all know his journey, and, and it's, an, it's a fantastic story. But the honeymoon of Jakobsen's comeback is now complete. 
He has said that yeah. himself. And I thought he could have been a bit more gracious. And he needs to accept that he actually wasn't going well enough to follow the wheel. And mm. Seneschal improvised and finished off the job. At the end of the day, it's all about teamwork, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, and it was fantastic. It was his first pro win, not just Grand Tour stage win, his first pro win. So he's always in the, uh, you know, at the service of everyone. He's a sensational mm. man. But you know what I reckon it is? And it's exactly the same as Cav. Honeymoon period, all lovey-dovey, then you know, bang, they crack under the pressure. Cav with the mechanic and uh, yes. Fabio <laughs> with, with that. Uh, it's a shame, really, because you just be gracious. You know, your mm. mate's won. You 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 cracked under the pressure. He couldn't hold the wheel for crying out loud. And you, yeah, and and the thing is, you can't. We said it in our podcast. You can't uh, at three kilometres to go. It would have been worse if they'd waited for Jakobsen because at three kilometres to to go, De Koenig actually did a brilliant job by offloading, get rid get ridding in guys like Matthews, Mezgets, um, you know, all these sort of quasi sprinters. You know, on a perfect day, maybe could challenge. They got rid of them, so they had to keep going. They couldn't stop. A couple more comments. Jack says, Macca, is Christoph (laughs) as annoying as he sounds? Just kidding. Loving the (laughs) SBS Cycling Podcast. You've got great chemistry, you and Christoph. Look, you guys have got to know him a bit over the years. uh, He's a gem. And, um, you know, I think as a sport, sport, we're we're really lucky to have people like Christoph fall in love with cycling he fell in love with cycling in france of course growing up as a kid but you know to, to fall in love with cycling and to be um putting have you know having some input in the media in in australia i think is great There's another comment from warren wood says your commentary has been outstanding maca and the racing has been thrilling not a boring stage yet vaughn yeah i was just gonna agree with you maca about like um i've got a lot of I'm in Sydney at the living in Sydney now. I've got a lot of cycling mates and I've been, you know, every stage. God, did you watch it last night? Oh, did you watch it last night? Nah, nah, nah. It's what do you think needs to happen? Like this year's world has been unbelievable. Um, and uh, just going on your comment before about uh um you know, we get such good coverage. Um, it's gone up a million miles. I remember I used to have to wait in, in the mail and get the VHS tape before I could watch it, which was about four months after bike races even happened. You know, what needs to happen, do you think, to get to state races like the Vuelta back, you know, into the, the public's eye? Well, yeah, it's a good question. And uh, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm sort of allowed to say this because it, it is public knowledge. The, the ratings, I can tell you firsthand, the ratings for SBS have been through the roof. They've been the best ratings we've had ever for the Vuelta coverage. Um, yeah. SBS has had the Vuelta for a long time now um, because, as you guys know, it's part of ASO suite of events, so the people who own the Tour de France. So from SBS's perspective, the ratings are through the roof, but they're still nowhere near the Tour de France. And, you know, I think we all know the Giro, the Tour any other bike race will never get to the ratings of the Tour de France, but I think it's a slow burn. I think it's getting there. And, you know, when, I think we can all agree to, it's still a lot further um, advanced than what it was 10, down, 10 years ago. So we're going in the right direction, I think, which is the important thing. Is it the, uh, the fact that uh, it's a bit later? Like most most nights you start at 11. And occasionally you get the – I know you you know say this, but when you get there earlier, you get it. But the 9 o'clock 
when they start at nine, you get more interest from the people. They'll stay on, you know, they'll, they'll be more involved. But 11 o'clock to start is quite late. Well, um, I think I think uh, lockdowns have probably helped the ratings up just a little bit. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Keep yeah, them going, so... I reckon. Keep yeah, them going. That's it. I'm going to get to my office straight out of bed. I'm in my office. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I've got I got one that uh, Christoph. I, I absolutely love him. I think he's a fantastic uh, a character. And, and don't passionate. say but. Yeah, don't just say but. Yeah. No, 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 but here, no but. Good. You can. He is actually. Turned me around on one aspect of Tour de France and the Grand Tours. I've started to get more appreciation for the King of the Mountains jersey. Uh-huh. Ah, yes. Nice. Yes. I <laughs> know. Oh, and he yeah, he's pointing things out, and and because I've, I've never rated it anywhere near the green jersey, because you know normally the top EGC riders aren't competing for it. And, but I've got a new – he kept putting things out about it and now he's, he's twisty. He turned me around. But then the problem with that, guys, is – and uh, feel free to disagree. The problem we've got in Australia with that is all of our sort of good climbers are also going to be guys that challenge for GC. So they'll never go for the, the polka dot jersey because they've got that bigger prize in mind, yeah? Well, remember when Daniel Tekleheim and I took it for a couple of days, what was that, 2015, 2016? And he yeah. got a ticker tape parade in Eritrea when he got back. Like there was a million people on the side of the roads and he had it for three days. It was unbelievable. And every day, what... yes. Sorry, I was just going to say every day at the stage start, there was a posse of Eritrean fans. Oh, yeah. And they were beating drums. They were doing song and dance outside <laughs> the bus two hours before the stage start every single day. Yes, yeah. so, five o'clock on the, uh, the KOM in the Vuelta just a few years back mm. for Green Edge. And Matty Lloyd, so we have we have done it. Matty Lloyd, exactly. Yeah, and on he the came side, he came home to Melbourne and got hit by a tram. <laughs> so, so the Simon Clark story. I was there. That was 2012. He had the jersey, and Neil said to him. Uh, good on you, mate. Uh, you can have it for a couple of days, but uh, we won't be defending it. And uh, wish you all the best. And he was like, you know, didn't really believe it. Then when he won it, he's like, bloody sensational job, mate. Never doubted you. That was probably <laughs> glad, glad we got behind you, mate. And, th- and then Neil back then, like, you know, he used to get real pissed off at little stuff. And it was hilarious to watch. And I remember this one day he did this team meeting. And Alan Davis was off getting a haircut. And he's called it like with half an hour to go. So everyone's scrambling. Hey, where's Alan Davis? Oh, I don't know, mate. He's off getting a haircut. And then you see that vein filling. He looks at uh, Clark. He looks at Clarky. He won a stage the day before. He goes, uh, he's taking pot shots. Everyone goes, Clarky, you won a stage. Good on you, mate. Some people, not me. Some people might have said you got a bit lucky. But uh, I tell you, he goes, I tell you what, I tell you what, the sign of a good bike rider is is someone who can win a stage of the last week. That's that. That's it. And then I said, Neil, when did you win your stage last week? So <laughs> it just revving him up. So I, used love, I used to love saying to Simon Clark, great stage win, mate, but some people, some people said you're a bit lucky. But would you yeah. stand in the back of those meetings, uh, Jonesy, and just, just niggle, just do oh, little, little stabs? All the time, mate, all the time. That was part of my job. I used to love it. But you know you're right. I mean, it should be a lot more prestigious than than what it is, and and good off Christoph for um, driving the passion behind the polka dot. It's um, it's it's a great thing. Gordon? Another race that probably should be um, up there is uh, Ron Van Drenth. 
maybe like in 2004, Macca. There you go. That, that, the one with the cobbles. That's the one yeah. with the cobbles, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Second, to that, second to Decker, weren't you, that year? Where did you pull that one out of the archives from? Hey, hey, hey. Oh, that all, all stored up here. That, that's yeah. my, well, it wasn't that's coming my... from the top level here. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, no. Down in, the, down in the trenches. Down in the trenches. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's my only claim to being able to ride Parve, uh, Vaughn. Can you tell us, uh, just, uh, uh, you know, give me a bit of love there. Can you tell, tell, tell us the story of that race? Because I, I have seen a little bit of footage of it, but obviously uh, um, I, I remember the Decker won by about 19 seconds and you were in a three-up sprint, I think, yes. first, for second place, weren't you? Well, yeah. No, no, there's a, there's a, it's a nice little story because um, I remember, I think it was on a Saturday or a Sunday, and on the Wednesday was Ghent Wevelgem. And so I got my head kicked in in Ghent Wevelgem, um, just literally outclassed, pulled out sort of halfway through the race, all depressed. And um, we went to this Ronda Van Drenthe, which had, I think, about 12 or 15 sectors of um, Parvay. But it wasn't Parvay like Paris-Roubaix, of course. It was a lot smoother. But there was it was bricks through sort of in the Dutch sort of forest area. And um, the night before, I was riding for an American team, and the night before, like I was really, really down and out. And um, the head um, director sport, if who was basically the boss of the team, Ed Beam, and said, "Mate, come on, Macca, come on, we'll go to the bar and I'll, I'll buy you a beer." And um, I think we we had a couple of we had a pint each, and then we shared a bottle of red. And <laughs> um, I went to bed, you know, just with not a care in the world, <laughs> slept like a baby. And the next morning I got up and just fired on all cylinders and I just finished the stage, finished the race. And um, and Decker, Decker, there was about five or six of us left and there were three Dutchies in the group and I reckon he paid out the other two Dutchies. Otherwise, I reckon I might have had him on toast and I was going that well. It was crazy. And um, so I got second. And the director said, Ed Beeman said to me, cheapers, mate, let's do that more often. <laughs> That was <laughs> That's why if he was so successful, mate, that was oh, exactly. yeah, yeah. lit by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I only, hey, I, you, I only got away with that once or twice. You know, the John Travaros <laughs> of the world and the Stuart A. Grady's multiple. <laughs> For sure. Uh, <laughs> thanks, mate. Sorry, that's got nothing to do with the world, but I just wanted to hear that stuff. Cheers. <laughs> <Good one. laughs> Hey, if he, well, sorry, mate. Go, mate. No, no, go. No, no, you sound excited. Every time you give the. It's going to be a good question. No, no, I was just going to go back to that to last night's stage, which I, I keep thinking back to because that last four or five k was just on with the roundabouts and, and just the speed they were doing. But with with about five hundred meters to go, after uh, uh, Fabio had uh, uh, cracked, and you had that that, that little group, I reckon, what money would you put on Trentin? You would have, I just could not see him lose. I thought, he's got this. He's, he's been, they've just carded him like they were leading him out. He used to be uh, a, a part of the Wolf Pack. You know, he won a lot of races for them. And it was like they were leading him out. I thought, this is done and dusted. But yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't think he was the one. But we know Seneschal, but, but like the last lead out man is fast in their own right on any team. So I thought if Seneschal can get taken to 200 to go, he'll be a hard guy to beat. And it was when the Yelperson Phoenix rider jumped yeah. over him 
that helped him. I think that saved him, actually. Yeah, if, if the Alperson guy didn't jump over him, he might not have won it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. exactly. Uh, I've got a couple of more comments. Carolyn says, I watch SBS On Demand, so I don't have to wait till 11pm in WA for the coverage to start. Done and dusted by midnight. Loving the commentary, Macca. Thank uh, you. Thank you very much, Carolyn. Annette Miller says, preferred when cycling was on SBS and Eurosport. I now have a subscription to GCN Plus, but this year flow bikes entry into Australia has made watching more difficult. Cycling covering coverage is too dispersed. That does raise an interesting point because there are so many different options now to watch cycling, whereas the old school way, it was just like, you know, it's SBS and that's it. Whereas now there's all these devices and all this sort of stuff. Do you think, uh, you know, that that is obviously the way it's going, Macca, but does it sort of dilute things a bit at times as well? Uh, there's only one option, guys. Come on. Come That's on. That's it. Like, it's, it's SBS. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, look, it's, it's, it's healthy for the market. Yeah. Whether, mm. whether I like it or not. And you guys know I'm not a, I'm not an employee. I'm a, I'm a contractor. Um, but you know, 90% of my work is with SBS. So I'm, I'm I am very loyal and they're loyal to me. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to ever jump anywhere else really, but I still think it's healthy healthy competition um you know sbs we have all of the rights in australia for the tour de france i don't think anyone else can show anything um and i'm not sure i think the giro did did did, uh gcn have the giro in australia as well or maybe yeah yeah you could you could watch both maybe i think they had the stream so they have a streaming Mm. because what people don't understand necessarily is that um when the rights are sold off Sometimes they split up the digital aspect to the broadcast aspect, and I think that's what the Giro did. They probably sold off the stream rights to GCN, and obviously SBS got the broadcast back this year. So, um, whereas the tour, ASO effectively, and and SBS, I think, demand it um, by everything, the digital, the broadcast, everything, the whole lot. The only thing networks can show, I think, is about... 15 to 20 seconds on a news package uh, in their nightly news. That's it. The only reason I know both were being shown for the Giro is that stage. Remember when the cameras weren't working? It was just the finish line. And I'm watching it and I'm thinking, oh, geez, Keenan, this is a poor bastard. Like, you know, what do you talk about? So I was listening to the GCN commentary. And if they were giving me any nuggets, I was feeding them to Keenan. He could rehash it <laughs> on SBS. Good stuff. Uh, Good stuff. That, that must be the toughest part of the commentary gig is like, you know, when you've got those long, like you've just come through all the desert and, you know, if the break's gone away and things aren't really happening. I mean, how much, when you prepare for each of your stage, do you have sort of notes or stories ready to go so you can go to it almost like the kit bag? Um, yeah, I mean, you guys know Kino is such a pro. He's 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 got so much in depth knowledge, and um, for me, I try and keep what I talk about to analytical stuff because you know that that's really in theory my expertise. I'm a, I'm a former writer, so I, I I sort of still like to think I know what it's like in the bunch. And then I do like talking about the cultural side. I leave all mm. the castles and all that to Kino. Um, but if there's any other little nuggets from the region, I try and do some research on, on, the, on the region, whether it be food or just some little anecdotal stories that, you know, are left of uh, mainstream. Um, and then we, like we got through last night, for example, we took the, took the headset off, looked at each other and said, actually, that wasn't too bad. For a long stage through a desert, um, not much happened until, you know, 10 kilometres to go. It, it seemed to go fairly quick for us. 
We've got uh, a few more comments pouring in. Um, Free Ranger, Fritz and Beer at the BBC, the Belgian Bay Classic. Oh, yeah, so, <laughs> we'll work on that. <laughs> yeah. Gary Tilly said, Macca, maybe you needed a dart as well. This is a night before the stage. <laughs> when he's super fan, will SBS be showing all the classics next year, Macca? Uh, yes, I believe so. I think we've got most of them now. I think we've nearly got all of them, in fact. Um, with the Giro, we get back Milan San Remo. Um, well, we get the Italian races, most of the Italian races. And then the tour own Paris-Roubaix, of course, Liège. We've got Flanders. So we've got most of them. Yeah, we've got most of them, Wendy. Yep. Uh, Sally says, long live free-to-air broadcast. SBS do a brilliant job and allow for so many people to watch without having to dip into the back pocket. That's a good point as well. Exactly. Now, I just wanted to say, I believe everyone should just support SBS. They've been delivering to us international racing for, you know, a long while. <laughs> I think it was 19. We started, what, what year? 1990, round about, they started uh, covering the Tour de France. Yeah. Um, I think uh, uh, I think 2005 is when you went live every day. Mm. Um, but 2007. 2007, was it? Two, uh, 2007, I believe, because that was my first year. And before that, no. we were doing sort of four no, stages. Yeah. No, Here 2005. No, definitely yeah, 2005. Yeah. Because okay. that's yeah. how Dan, that's how he made the detour. That's how I got I got a gig. I went from making yeah. wedding videos to doing stuff for SBS at the Tour de France, yeah. and I yeah. stuffed up the first day, and I didn't know how to shoot for TV. I you know, did wedding videos, and even they were shit. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I was doing these wide shots, and if he was there, there was cables, and I handed him to Mike Tomalaris. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's a good job, huh? And he looked at it and he said to me, he goes, mate, have you ever worked on TV before? I said, no. Nah. It's a shit house. And he's just like, oh, no. <laughs> so I had to get our Honey. I've done camera, a couple of 21sts and public yeah. spas. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and Honey watched the footage and had to basically train me at the Tour de France on how to shoot for TV. But, but, then but that's, how I, that's how I know the answer to that because I had a call from Mike Tomolaris about, about two weeks before the tour because Dan had been at me about. To do this, making this docker because I'll take it's this down to do it. To his job. And I said, I'll oh, see what I can do. Knowing there's no way that you get permission to, to make this docker. Anyway, Mike Tomlaris rang me about something. I said, Look, congratulations, mate. mate live every day. He said, Oh, if only we had a budget for another crew. It was going to be travel trouble getting the stuff. I said, Listen, I've got this young bloke who wants to make a documentary. And if you oh, give him the permission, if you give him the permission, he'll shoot the starts for you. He said, Really? Has he got a beta such and such camera? Did you said, better cam? Yeah. Said, yep. So, yeah. <laughs> he said, give me his number. I said, I'll, I'll flick it to you. So I hung up. I rang Dan. I said, Dan, have you got a beta, whatever? He said, piss off. That's like the 85 grand, mate. I said, well, you better find out how much to rent one. You could be coming to the Tour de France. And that's how it happened. And I didn't know how so to use the camera. I remember, I remember arriving in Paris at the airport going, Geez, I better switch this bloody thing on and find out how the buttons are. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is. So, I'm, I'm trying like, to remember. I'm trying to remember, Josie. How did you? How did you and John meet? My dad, yeah, went on the tour in 2004. Tour brought back uh, all his home video footage. And I thought, who's this maniac? And that's if he's like, yeah, yeah he's out on yeah. the drugs and having a yeah. great time. And I thought, I want in on that. As a 22 year old, you're like, I'll do whatever it takes. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, how, it, that's how it all began. That's how it starts. <laughs> he, su- he sucks most of us in, actually. He, 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 he's got a knack of doing that. <laughs> he does. 
Hey, one one thing one thing we wanted to talk about on this show, and you might have some good insights as well, Baker, is like lockdown. You know, a lot of people in Australia are really struggling with the lockdown. And, and what we wanted to do is really get across that, you know, we're not just the detour family, the, we're the cycling family. And we want to support people and, and give people tips and advice on ways that they can best deal with this lockdown because it will eventually end, but we're still in the sort of bits of it. What things do you do, Maka, to help yourself, particularly with things like mental health in uh, lockdown? Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good subject and, and it, it is nice. We should, we should talk about it, I, I suppose. I'm, I'm no expert and I guess the four of us aren't, but I, I, I always just think keep busy and look, I've been really lucky. So I'm talking from a first world problem perspective. I've kept most of my work. Um, ride your bike. I, I go for I go for a five k bike ride. I do. Mm. I, I've been riding into work each night and back. So I've been riding back and forth twice. I mean, we all know any form of um, exercise, walking, just getting outside, just doing something is so good for you. So I always say that. I always feel a million bucks better, and not even mm. riding my bike. For me, my, the bike is part of my life. But but. Just some form of exercise, half an hour a day, just keeps your body going. Hundred percent, Maka. I just I had my birthday yesterday, and I've just had probably oh, the birthday, best birthday. Mate. Thanks, mate. Yes. But I've probably just had the best birthday I've had in a long, long time. My partner Sammy uh, kicked things off on uh, on Friday night uh, with uh, the kids, and we had. A bit of a party between the because obviously we we're in lockdown, but then yesterday we went out and had an amazing ride around Sydney in the sunshine. And then last night we had a Zoom dinner, so she organized all of my friends to jump on a Zoom call. Um, and we had a Zoom dinner, and we've been doing a lot of that sort of stuff, which I think is quite fun. Um, uh, we did a Zoom wine tasting where a restaurant, One Penny Red, big shout out to Murph, um, he sent pampers out to about 40 different houses, and in the hamper there was all of your food for the night, and you know, a few, a few little bottles of wine and you got and then they had the actual winemaker on the zoom call and so that's that sort of stuff i think's really really good and i think so i think there are a lot of things you can be doing to keep up the talking because you, you do go a little bit stir crazy obviously when you're when you're in your house so um and another friend of mine she did a, a cocktail making course at home same deal they sent out there's a lot so lots of people are going outside thinking outside the box with that sort of stuff so that's one of the things i'd definitely suggest what do you do iffy well, look, I think it's different. I, I got a really nice call uh, a couple of days ago from uh, someone. I don't know. He got my number off. Uh, he Googled, Googled me and got my number. And he just said, look, I've got to tell you, John, I've never met you, but thanks for the detour because it's been, I've been really struggling, but the detour has helped get me through the, these tough times, which is really nice to hear. And that's what I mentioned to Dan. And I just think a lot of it, because people, some people are in lockdown, they're not communicating like they normally would. They're not going to work. They're working from home, so you, you've got to have you've got to be talking to people. So I messaged Dan. We're going to start the the the, the D2 lockdown blues. So if anyone wants to contact Dan or me, just uh, hit hit me on the the cycling, email. Uh, I'll, I'll give email. him I'll give him your one yeah. because that's what we're doing yeah. the bid with John at cyclingevents.com.au. Uh, yeah, back. and just, just dropped off. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, mate. And uh, just email there with your number. We'll give you a call. Have a yap. You know, we're just too uh, too happy. We are all part of the cycling family. We call the D two are degenerates, but um, yeah, we're we're happy just to uh, to, to have a yap because it's a uh, it's a tough time for everyone. 
Well, I couldn't agree with you more, Maka, because for me, like the last 12 months, you know, been quite difficult, you know, getting in routine and so forth. And, and I just started because when, when you're sort of going through a bit crossroad times in your life, you know, as blokes, we naturally want to do one thing, go down to the pub, have a heap of schooners and just drown it. And when we're in the lockdown, it's like we couldn't. We have to exercise. So we, I'm saying to my mate around the corner, I go, what am I going to do? And he goes, shit, mate, all we can do is go for a walk. Oh, well, that'll have to do. So when we first started, my mate was 115 kilos, right? And now he's 84. And when we started, wow, he, had, he, he had busted knees, couldn't walk really properly. And we get to the Caulfield Park, and we used to call it the Boneyard because it was bone on bone. We used to rip the piss out of each other. And we had a thing called Vent Bend. You know, we're coming up to Vent Bend and for five seconds you'd be able to chat and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, yeah, ah, and then get back to your conversation. <laughs> but the process of walking and talking every single day and we got addicted to it because at the start it's hard, but you focus on the chat and the chat yeah. is all about a process. And we, we were uncovering stuff. We're going, hang on, hang on. This is like, we're finding these in psychology books and it's about like, focus on the stuff that you can control the stuff you can't control let it go so we come up with this thing called mental cricket and it is you're the batsman you can't control what the delivery is getting thrown at you so if people are throwing a spicy email or people are annoying you at work your bloody kids are giving you the shits that's like copping a delivery and sometimes they're sharp they're up around your throat you cop one you get a busted rib or whatever but with me i've got a mate that i talk to every day and it's like having a batsman up the other end and he's there going mate hey Calm down. You don't have to play at everything. That's the other thing. You know, when you talk to emotional guy and logical guy, emotional guy, he is a he is a bastard because he gets in your head and he's like, yeah, no, you got to reply there. Yeah, Start listening to the logical guy. So you don't have to slash at everything. Just let him go. Protect your yes. wicket. You're still at the crease and just flick. Sometimes you get a spicy text. Just flick it off your pads. Don't respond. Just bloody let it go. Easy single. Yeah, just, don't, and don't be sucked into the wide ones, you know. No, don't be whack because no, you'll get caught no, in slips. No, yeah. and when and when you have a shocking day, I'll be ringing my mate and he'll be going, oh, geez, mate, you have copped a 10-over spell with a new ball and it's just been at your absolute <laughs> ribcage. You've split a box and, you know, all this stuff. But the diver, the diversional therapy, like, you know, mindfulness, yeah. like when you wake up in the morning, the best thing I can pass on is when you wake up in the morning, self-awareness is key. So check in with yourself. That's key. We don't do that. And we have a routine where naturally in our life, we don't put ourselves as number one. You know, you've got your family, your kids, and I, you get bumped down about three or four. Change that. You're not being selfish. Put yourself number one. And that's this relationship you're going to have with yourself. And that starts with checking in every day. How am I feeling? If you're feeling, you know, no good or a two out of ten, Put your shoes on, go for a walk, listen to a podcast, ring a mate, do whatever, because I guarantee you're going to move the needle the other way. You'll guarantee move it to a two and a half, a three or a four, but it'll be in the right way. When you come back, take a deep breath, appreciate that. Hey, that that I appreciate that. It's good. Got stuff off my chest because it's like unpacking packing boxes. I once met this guy, Michael Ware, right, when I was with um, Catch Up With Whitey, he was a mate of his. He did four tours of Iraq as a journalist, right? And he said this statement, I could tell at the time, it was pretty cooked. And he said to me, he goes, listen, I saw so much stuff that I had all these mental boxes that I just didn't want to deal with. Didn't want to unpack them. He goes, only now am I unpacking those boxes. That's so true for many of us. We, we go through stuff and we don't want to deal with it because it's easy. We like being comfortable, so we shelve it. You've got to start going through the process of unpacking these boxes, talking about stuff, getting it off your chest. It's not fun. It's not a fun process. 
But what it is, it's like your mental highway. You're not patching them up with potholes. You're going to relay the entire road. And the more you do that, the more you're not going to be like this your whole life. You're going to sort of level out and you're going to be able to deal with all this. But all we want to say to everyone out there is what we want you to do, share your story with us and we will share it on the show. So if you go out for a walk and you have a great experience on that walk and you've chatted to your mate, use the hashtag Detour Podcast. And we will share these stories. We'll say, hey, have a look at such and such as Boneyard or his park. Hey, such and such went on a ride today. Fantastic. If you've got any tips or you know pointers, let's start sharing it. Because the more we share, the more we connect. Isolation is the worst thing. When you feel isolated and you think, I'm the only person going through this, terrible. We're all going through some layer of shit. It's just the depth that is varied. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Well, you're spot on, Jonesy. You've, you've nailed it. Um there's, and then there's, and I'm not trying to make fun of this at all, but uh, that that bit about the you know unpacking and and there's that road ahead of you and it's got potholes. John Johnny JT got to that road with potholes, and instead of unpacking, he just went, well, why don't I ride my road bike down there? I'll just grab a mountain bike and keep going. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, exactly. Seriously, you are bulletproof, John. Aren't you? Oh yeah. And, and and how how are you bulletproof? I'm, it's sort of a serious question. Because you've, I've known you a long time. You've had mm. some, some, some ups and downs in your life and family life, etc. But you, I remember hitting a, I remember you hit a point, John. This is how I remember. Uh, you were running a lot of bike races, and I remember you were really stressed at what used to be called the Mount Buller Cup one year, and everything was going wrong. Nothing was working, and and you know what's I think Steve is part of this story, and <laughs> but you somehow you got through that year, and then the following year and the and the years that followed, you were still race promoting, the stress disappeared, and I always wondered how you sort of came to deal with it because the stresses were the same, or the the same things were getting thrown at you, and then you just seemed to push it away. You just seemed to deal with it. How did you do it? Gee, you take me back uh, uh, quite a while. That's a long while ago, Mac. Yeah, that, that's very true. And I remember the year you're talking about. I remember Dave Sanders grabbing hold of me and saying, "Yes, I've never, I've never seen you stressed before." Because I, did, I used to create stress, not actually suffer with it myself. But uh, that year, yeah, there was just well, you know, it was a fit. We, we, you know, we had uh, the the Dave. Uh, uh, on say team here, we had uh, uh, Sue Grady and his French team uh, here as well. It was sensational. It was sort of the first time anyone had done all of this. And I was running Mount Buller Cup and to, to, to Tassie and all of these events. And I didn't have a big enough uh, uh, crew around me. I was trying to do too much of myself. And I realised at the end of that, you know, I've got to start, I've got to offload some of this and get some good people around me, which is what I did because uh, in the end, you know, I'm not the most organised person of all uh, of all time, and so I had to get some organised people around me, um, and that was great for a couple of years. But then they got sick of me and left to put me back in the same place. But anyway, I got through all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to have a laugh. That's key as well. You you've got to have a laugh. That no, is key. You got to keep laughing. You got to. Yeah. You know. You know. One other small thing I've been doing in these. I do it anyway, just for fun. I get on YouTube in the evenings and just watch stand-up comedians. Mm. And like, is I, I think a lot, a lot in this day and age, we don't laugh enough. You know, yeah. people take themselves too seriously, and I don't think any of us should ever take ourselves too seriously. Because as Ricky Gervais has said, we're all going to die one day. We're all going to die soon, and there's no sequel. Mm. Right. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> it's true. It's true. 
Well, you can you can you can prelong it, you know. I, I, oh, oh, absolutely. So I nearly I nearly fell off the edge a couple of few years back, but I so did a really got going. You know, I'm good. <laughs> a good little on? tip. Um, a good little tip that uh, um, I learned and um, have used personally myself is, you know, <clears throat> the first screens that we should look at um, is a mirror, and talking to yourself and doing a daily diary is a really really good uh, way to to try and get yourself and map yourself and start navigating yourself into a more mindful and positive outlook on life. <clears throat> a little bit to what you were said before, Dan, about waking up, seeing how you're feeling. If you're only two, go out for a walk, go out for a ride. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things that uh, I used to do is, um, and still do a little bit, is like actually do a video diary. So I get my phone out and actually talk to myself for, for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, talk about the day, talk about the day before, um, and, and also then, you know, start to look at things that, that might come up on that day that might, you know, be a bit tough and so by then you know i guess um uh, uh working out what those things might be that are going to be hard during your day you, you can know they go okay when that happens i'm going to stop i'm going to take a few deep breaths and then i'm going to move on with my day um and then you know do that little video diary and then you know when they're with you driving to work or uh, watch it back about half an hour an hour later um and it's just for yourself it's for nobody else but it gives you then really you can start to really map out and navigate through the tougher times and and also start to think well you know just like you were saying with the cricket stuff uh you know there's stuff i need to worry about and there's stuff that i don't need to worry about and i need to mm. let that one go through to the keeper Please and the other thing i the other probably good thing is uh, if you've got a dog. Uh, <laughs> oh, very this nice. Is Gilly. So named after my old man, Graham McVilly. This is Gilly of the uh, Border Collie. So uh, taking her out for a walk and uh, is uh, is pretty amazing. She was born on the day my dad passed away. So uh, oh. uh, so that's how she got a name. But yeah, so get to uh, take her out for runs and walks and stuff is uh, also a really good way to uh, you know just get out get outside, keep the mind ticking over, and being grateful for the the things that are uh, that you have got. We've got a number of comments that have come in. Tom Maloney says, lockdown is an opportunity to go forward with new ideas. We should grab it with both hands. Cycling is doing both recreationally and European racing. Celebrate it. Bree Ranger says, great job. Well Many of us are struggling at the minute. Uh, Sally says, all of us here look forward to 6.30 p.m. as it gives us an hour of hanging with friends we've never met and meeting really interesting people. Good on you, Sally. Thank Tom you, Sally. says... The cycling family is my biggest family. I must know thousands of cyclists from all disciplines. Whatever I know as a cyclist does it, it's an enormous resource. Um, Free Range also says, I was in a dark place and walking the Camino helped turn my life around. A lot of people say that. A lot of people do yeah. the, the Camino walk. Uh, I've got a good friend who who was going through a bit of a tough time and he he actually did the Camino, Dan, when, we were, when Susan and I were living in Italy. Mm -hmm. And... Um, turned his life around and he's been back i think three times since yeah it's insane oh, really? so yeah. awesome amazing uh, yeah when he's super fan getting out the fresh air away from the four walls is the best thing uh, leon says gotta love getting batting tips on a cycling podcast <laughs> <laughs> well no, he, 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 dan can't give you cycling tips he can, he can only yeah no, that's right i'll you. give you cricket tips. <laughs> now, david says michael west sorry is unbelievable good on you boys yeah he is uh, he did a documentary about his experiences over there in, in iraq um tom you're the man dan i can see how much support you guys i can't stop my comments Good on you, mate. Um, Andy says, I assume that the five-kilometre rule is why I've not seen Vaughan in Centennial Park. <laughs> That's agree true. With, <laughs> agree with Macca in how good it is just to get out for a walk and ride every day. Yeah, um, yeah, 
And then well, Warren Woods says more from the dog, please. <laughs> and see what you just created. See what you just see the people that have just commented on all of that, which just mm. shows that there are people. We're all having our little moments, and we'd all be lying, I think, if we say, "Oh no, I'm bulletproof. Life is fine. Everything's mm. good." Um, mm. You know, I think I, I was going to get you around to our new pad, Jonesy, for yeah, dinner. Yeah, I know. Um, so what there. I'm going to do, look. What I'm going to do, I'm going to move ahead with booking you in. So, how does 2024? Are you are you run free in 2024? I'll have to run that by the other Dan, Dan Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. That's I'm going to look. Don't worry. I'll I'll run it by him for both of us. And okay, um, but I think 2024 we should be safe. At this stage, no, you'll, like, you'll be perfectly in Spain by then, Macca. Yeah, you won't right. be. You won't even be here anymore. What are you talking about? One hundred percent. How is the, the Spanish mansion going? It's uh, More and more people are finding out about this because um, it's come <laughs> up in the commentary. Um, you know what? Matt White's lovely wife, Jane, is um, wandering past it, I think, once a week and just checking that there's no squatters. And um, <laughs> so far, it's, it's, it's all in one piece. Oh, I, I love the fact that, that, that we won't go into too much detail, but uh, uh, Macca and Susan bought this uh, uh, place in Spain. Didn't even know that it was in the same town as where, where Whitey and Jay live. Uh, True story. A few, yeah. a few hundred metres away. So how, uh, how fortunate mm. that's been for you. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Dale Simon says, love the passion with mental health, Jones. Your new career is a mental mechanic. Uh, it is definitely a passion. Um, we're not far off launching, fingers crossed, a, a new series um, that I can update people, you know, if it does get up. But it is based around trying to help with isolation. So I think when you go through stuff yourself and you can come out the other side with a clearer focus, you just want to share those tips. And there's a lot in the old Boneyard Toolkit. Um, so when the time's right, oh, 100%, 100%. Um, mate, it's been awesome. What were you going to say, Vaughn? Oh, just one thing with the Mental Wheels Foundation, they've just launched the six minute challenge. So you should go and check that out. Um, basically, the six minute challenge is get up every day and do six minutes worth of step ups every day and tell six of your mates to do the same thing. Uh, and that's uh, the little campaign that they're running at the moment uh, through the Mental Wheels Foundation. We've had so many tours that we've had to cancel because we're in lockdown. Uh, mm. We've resorted to, uh, and in Sydney, obviously, you can only ride in groups of two. Um, so we've resorted to doing step ups to get people. But yeah, the six minute challenge. You should check that out as well. Yeah, it's a great idea. And as we said, share your stories. Let's get around it. We will post these at the end of the show every night. Hashtag Detour Podcast, and that's on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Um, but we will get around it. So um, there's going to be plenty of great tips uh, moving forward. Hey, Vaughn, Macca, awesome to have you on the show, guys. Um, keep up the great work, Macca, with the uh, the commentary. And, and Vaughn, look forward to getting more updates with the uh, Apex Customs uh, Detour competition, mate. Thanks, mate. Exciting jerseys. Thanks, legends. Good on you, fellas. Good to see you, guys. Nice to see you all. Yeah, stay well. See you, boys. Ah, it's great chat. Now we were going. We'll put off till tomorrow. We were going to talk about the uh, the the Simac Ladies Tour of Holland. Where we had yes. there was an enormous crash, but we. I do have the video. We can. Yeah, but I I think. Yeah, we'll do it properly. yeah, we do it probably because uh, a few of the Australian girls went down. Yep. They ended up finishing, but uh, it was a m- huge crash, and the race mm. finishes tomorrow night. Um, so, but uh, it, it warrants more than two minutes we give it now. So I think we'll save that until uh, yep. tomorrow night. Um, uh, you do have your script. The silent yes, auction, I do. The, the loudest I do. silent auction they've called it. 
uh, the Miller Resorts. Um, obviously, we've mentioned it every night on the show, but that's a, a silent auction for five nights on a waterfront villa resort for two people and two children with breakfast and dinner included. And I can tell you now, if you're the winning bidder, Jason and the team at Miller will definitely look after you. Uh, if you got your script ready to go, mate. I have, mate. I have. Discover a tropical playground of powdered sugar sand, lush jungle, and crystalline waters. Amila Meldive's luxury resort reeks of timeless style and endless bliss. Stand by for unexpected treats and indulgences. Delighting and surprising you is their hallmark. Amila's motto is to exceed your expectations. The sky is the limit. Oh, you timed it. Perfect. And where are we at with the silent auction bid? I'm not going to tell you because it's silent. Oh, no, I can't tell you. All right. It's 5250 Oh, that's awesome. So, so we've got over the 5K. So we're getting into the the area where I thought it would, would go for. I thought it would go for around about the six, six and a half. So we're up 5250 Uh And uh, one of our detour regulars uh, has put that in. And, um, yeah. If you do want to have a bid, john at cyclingevents.com.au. Uh, put in your price. Yeah. Uh, now, before we wrap up the show, I want to show the video from uh, Phil Liggett because it all it is all to raise money for the Correcta Foundation. They're doing fantastic work. And uh, you can join Phil's Peloton. And here's a quick little promo for that. Hi, everyone. It's Phil Liggett here, and it's time to get my African safari on the road again. We're heading back to the Kareka Game Reserve in the Eastern Cape of South Africa, where animals, including the rhino, roam freely. We did four great rides in June, and now, with two new ones, we're set to go again. There will be eminent guests to answer your questions on the wildlife and also offer an opportunity to win amazing trips to Kareka. We'll chat to one another, and you don't even have to ride, thanks to Fulgaz, who will set you up to watch on Zoom when you enrol and make a donation. We have four rides, one per month, starting on September 19. They last an hour, and if you have a smart trainer, you can pedal your way through the reserve, or you can just sit back with a cup of tea. In either case, knowing that your participation is helping keep the animals safe and free to roam. Come and join me, and all the information you need to have is at careca.co.za slash peloton, and let's go. Great stuff. It it's, been, yeah. it's been a fantastic show. Thanks again to Neil, the Sheriff Stevens, to Vaughan McVilly, Dave McKenzie. Anything you want to add before we go, Ify? Yes, uh, I'm very excited about tomorrow night's uh, show. Uh, tomorrow night we're I going to be going talking. I thought you were going to go today's stage, so put up the stage <laughs> well, profile. Well, we'll get that up in a second. But uh, t- tomorrow we're talking with Gary Clively, who uh, uh, is a legend. He's the first Australian to uh, not only finish top 10 in a Vuelta, he's the first Australian, but I've done a little bit of research, he's the first Australian to finish top 10 in a Grand Tour. That's pretty, oh, pretty go. impressive. And there is an amazing story with this. Uh, um, and a lot of people wouldn't know, so we'll, we'll save it all for tomorrow. But Gary uh, is a superstar and uh, a really nice guy, so I look forward to that. Uh, but, yeah, wake up uh, tonight's stage because it's a ripper. Uh, stage 14. Yeah, that's that's not. Um, who who are we going to pick for this one, mate? Oh, I think we're going to have to pick someone that is been sort of snaking a good climber that could potentially get up the road. You know, it's always sort of that stage where there's a rider that's been holding back a little bit, but shown yeah. form 
you know, three or four days ago or whatever. Who who went well on the last sort of tough mountain stage? Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to go past Roglic at the time. And, and of mm. course, it's Mass and Lopez and Haig. But I, I got a feeling it could be someone because they're all going to be hurting and mm. they're all going to be watching each other. But someone, uh, maybe a Vlasov, because he's now six minutes down. Or, yeah, uh, someone's off the GC, yeah. Even uh, Sep- uh, Kuss, the, the American, because, uh, you know, uh, Roglic would be happy to let him go. And he's, yeah. uh, you know, he's three minutes, minutes behind Robert. Yeah. 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 Five minutes, yeah, three minutes behind. So, uh, something like that. I think uh, Wendy Superfan might have the winner. Caruso. Wow. He's I think capable. that's it. That's he's, it. He's a good one. Yeah. 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 What do you think, Jay Vine? I think we already had insights that he's going to save himself. Sally yeah. thinks Bardet. Good one. A very good one. Yeah, yes. put him in the mix. Yeah, put him yep. in the mix. Uh, and Leon, he says, great show, guys. Love the mental health tips. I've always believed the best therapist has four legs, fur, and a wagging tail. 100%. <laughs> Dogs are awesome. <laughs> yeah. So who are you going to tip? Been, I'll, could, I'll go Caruso. could have been a cat. could have been yeah. a cat. Yeah, I'll, no, I'll follow Wendy. I think Caruso. I think that's a great one. Uh, Free Ranger thinks Stora. Well, I mean, it's the type of stage that he could mm. definitely be in the mix for this one. Uh, yep. I like Vlas- I like Vlasov. Okay, Vlasov, yep. and I'll go Caruso. Yep. Hey, thanks, thanks again for joining us, guys. Uh, it was a monster episode, and as if he said, join us tomorrow night. And uh, keep telling your mates, keep supporting the show. YouTube.com forward slash the Detour Podcast, and keep sharing your tips, your photos, your experiences. Hashtag Detour Podcast on Twitter and Instagram uh, and Facebook. And we'll share your stories starting tomorrow. Thanks again, Ify. We'll see you again tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Ciao for now. This is the winning ride of the Tour de France.